0: Hello, this is Alger Podcast, episode number 25. You can get more information about coaching services and other podcasts on my website, which is algercoaching.com. That's A-L-G-E-R, AugerCoaching.com. Now, we had a little bit of a scheduling issue, so the previously announced topic we're going to put off for a, for an upcoming episode. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're good to go. <laughs> we'll just move forward. Uh, today, I want to talk about navigating through new systems and processes. It, it, it seems simple. But because it seems simple, it becomes a bit deceiving because it's really not. Uh, there's a, a fair bit to uh, introducing new systems and processes. Um, you know, some of the some of the struggles that we that, that I, I've seen throughout the years are pretty, pretty big. Uh, and they can go on for a really long time if they're not identified and uh, and corrected. So, um, you know, leaders often underestimate how long and how difficult a new system is can take to get off the ground and running on their own. Um, Getting off the ground, running on their own, I like to call it a conveyor belt. And the conveyor belt essentially is when you've done a really good job of walking through the process and um, reminding people along the way. And eventually the system, the process, whatever it is, it sort of takes off and people just do it on their own, Uh, which is where I came up with the conveyor belt. Um, the more systems and processes that you have that you can put on conveyor belts, the better off you are. Simply put, you can manage more, you can audit more systems and processes occasionally than what you can, you can do yourself. And that, that, that's, you know, for another, another podcast with priorities, but we do often get turned upside down in trying to do too much as, as, as leaders. So the conveyor belt is a really good friend of ours. Um, again, the more systems and po- uh, processes we have, the better off we are now organizations very often underestimate how long it takes to train managers and the components that it takes to get them up, up and running. And there's, you know, there's a little bit to it. So let's unpack that. The first thing, let's start with a system leader, uh, uh versus a leader, sorry, a systems manager versus a leader. So a systems manager is somebody maybe who comes up through an organization and somebody before him or her has already created the systems and, and processes and they've been taught to this individual. The organization already uses them. The conveyor belt already exists and their job is simply to maintain the conveyor belt that already exists. A leader is one that knows and understands how to implement new systems and processes when old systems and processes are uh, no longer valid and something new needs to needs to come into play, among many other things. So, like, as an example, when I leave my house, I drive through my neighborhood on uh, on a paved road to go out to the main roads to go, you know, whatever direction that I'm going to go, right? And I know how to operate my vehicle on those roads. If the road one day was no longer there, I'd be lost. I don't know how to build a road. <laughs> I don't know the first thing I've, you know, I lived, uh, on a farm at one time and, uh, I know how to spread gravel and I know how to make a dirt road, <laughs> which is very easy in comparison to the guys that build the, the roads that we drive on. Um, the, the, this is sort of the, the problem with a systems manager versus a, a leader. They know how to drive on the road, but they don't know how to repair the road when it's damaged. They don't know how to recreate the road should they end up someplace that, uh, that's new, right? Uh, the, and then the issue is actually a little bit more deceiving because in, in my analogy, the road, we can see it, and we can see when it's gone. However, when a systems manager moves into an actual leader role they don't always recognize that the road is missing they don't always recognize how difficult it is to build that road again because where they were at before it just had roads and they don't understand why why people can't get it why they're not under why they don't they often blame the people that follow them for not getting it not understanding why they're not you know able to just you know comply whereas this other place that they worked was you know was uh, everybody just did it right and so when a company is is really good initially at navigating through new territory if it isn't purposeful that skill can die with the trailblazers so the trailblazers come in they're really good at being leaders they're really good at defining what needs to be done defining how it needs to be done and then working the system throughout the process. So much so that they create so many conveyor belts. Sometimes people can come up in an organization and spend their entire careers just maintaining the conveyor belts, just maintaining the systems and processes, and never have an opportunity to actually develop a system and a process on their own. And I actually experienced this with a, a company I worked with Um they did exactly that. There were employees that spent their the entirety of their. They had uh, leaders that had been in their their roles for very long periods of time, and they had employees that worked, you know, a decade in their in their in their career with these managers that had been around a long time that were really good at navigating, really good at laying the foundations. And they came along, and they were never taught how to develop a new system in and in a, in a, in a process. And so ultimately, they they worked well in the environment that they were in, so they got promoted to new territories. When they got promoted to the new territories, that meant new employees. That meant employees that didn't know the systems and processes that the, the employees knew so well at the previous location. Now, the problem with this organization was they made the mistake of replacing managers that they deemed unfit when the problem was actually an oversight in, in the difference between systems managers and, and, and leaders. And there's a few nuances in that that we'll, we'll get to in a, little, in a little bit. But this company literally spent years training these leaders, right? So they spent treme- a tremendous amount of money recruiting them in the first place, spent a tremendous amount of money, time and effort and years um, training them, getting them up and running to the point that they were. I, you're talking millions of dollars, right? But they didn't teach them how to navigate new territories. So when they would go out on their own and they would struggle, they blamed the, uh, the leader that they sent out unprepared. Um, and often they replaced those leaders with new leaders and then often repeated the same mistake and wondered why. They didn't, they didn't understand what the problem was. They, they weren't looking internally. They weren't looking at what could be done differently. Now, without interrupting that pattern, it was just doomed to repeat itself over and over and over again. And this is where the complication comes because there are certain certain people that will overcome those deficits. There are certain people that have the analytical abilities to do that. There are certain people who are um, driven in a way that they'll they'll figure that out. They'll fit. They'll get it figured. Out. So they see that it's possible. So if this person could do it, why can't why can't everybody? Well, the truth of the matter is, not everybody can do that. Some people are wired in such a way that they can manage, they can lead well when it's clearly defined for them, when it's more clearly defined and others are extremely creative. And you can find that out by doing a DISC assessment, right? Uh, a DISC personality assessment can tell you what category of leader that you're in and what, what each individual would need. A very simple process to go through and a few things to to understand. Now, I talked about, the difficulty in introducing any anything new, right? Well, first of all, one of the complications that comes up is as organizations grow, they don't understand how complex things can get quickly. And what I mean by that is you might have 10 people in your organization and all you have to do is stick your head out your, your office door and say, hey, instead of doing this, we're going to do that now. And it's relatively easy, right? So up, up till, you know, 10, maybe, maybe a little bit more, but when, when it starts getting bigger and bigger, communication, the need for crystal clear communication is paramount, paramount. Um, You cannot continue to communicate with a large organization the way that you do with a small organization. This is another um, sort of growth gap that I see in, in organizations as they grow, especially the ones that grow really fast because they're, they're growing by number, but they're not necessarily growing by experience. So they grow really fast and they just, I don't understand it. We used to just tell people to do it, you know, and then they kind of reminisce about how it was better in the, in the, in in the early days. And what it really, all it is really is you have to take a different approach to the problem. You have to take a different approach to the problem. And it's compounded a bit with older employees, older, if they've not, not by age, but by Uh, length of time that they've they've worked with the organization, the longer they've worked there, the more sometimes it takes to get them to change. It's very worthwhile because you've invested so much time and energy into them up to that point. You just have to take a little bit of a different approach. So here's what it looks like. The first thing is the introduction, obviously. You got to tell people something new has happened. Sounds obvious, but not everybody does that. Um, So you've got to introduce the topic my recommendation is you explain what's wrong cuz there is probably another way that things were done and it needs to be changed or you just need something new needs to be added so uh, and if it's a very minor thing maybe an email is good i'm a fan of of uh, big things you know being done in uh, or being announced in a in a in a meeting in a face to face setting so there's if there's questions or there's you know concerns you can look and you can watch and you can see what's going on um, body language experts say that somewhere between seventy-five and eighty percent of human communication is nonverbal. So, if you've got something sensitive, you want to be in a room with the people that that you're making a change for, right? So, it's really good to paint the picture: What's wrong? Why? Why do we need to make a change? What problem are we solving with the change? And then, what does the change look like? And then, again, you 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 want to give a little bit of time for people to comply. Uh, about 70% of the population strongly prefers a little bit of lead way. So if it's possible, we can't always do this. Sometimes you just have to go when when it's time to go. But if it's possible, give them 30 days, give them 60 days. Starting next month, we're going to, you know, on this date, this is what's going to happen. And then you thoroughly explain it, explain the changes. Another thing I like to add as I'm explaining the changes is that part of the process is that no matter how much you try to foresee all the issues that could come up. The second part of the change is them giving you feedback of what's working and what's not working so you can make adjustments as you go. When you, when you introduce it that way, like we're going to make this adjustment, but the adjustment is going to be being made for the first 90 days that we introduce this new idea. It's super important that people give critical feedback so that adjustments can be made. We can expound it's impossible for any one person or any one group of people to foresee anything and everything that comes out okay so a lot of people have that down really really well then they stop they do nothing else and then a month goes by two months I've seen big or I've seen 50 million dollar organizations 30 to 50 million dollar organizations introduce ideas pretty well once and then never never follow up follow up and this is where some of the th- some of the stuff comes apart here's why your audience essentially can be broken up into thirds when you're introducing new ideas the the first third is somebody who's listening they're paying attention they got it they're going to start doing it on the date that you said they made notes they're 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 all they're all set up you don't have to worry about them the next third is going to sit there and they're going to think eh i don't know maybe they're going to do follow through with this or not uh we'll wait and see if they're serious about it and then another third is going to be listening, paying attention. They're going to want to comply, but they probably misunderstand parts of it, and they're just sort of loosely paying attention. Okay, now why is that important? It's important because the steps. There's there's four basic steps to 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 uh, starting a new system or a process. And step number one, introduction. A third of the people don't don't get it. That's why I recommend. I call it the beer commercial, right? Because the seventh time somebody hears something is the first time they heard it, right? So, you know, big name breweries didn't get to be as big as they are because they announced one time really well that they had a new beer and then it just took off from there. Like, nobody nobody does that. They remind us. They put themselves in front of us on a regular basis because people, people's attention is all over the place. It's not always of the utmost important to them in the moment it might be extremely important to you but they don't understand the value and importance in the in the moment so you've got to repeat the message you've got to repeat the message many times as a as a reminder you've got to repeat the message away from the meetings so that people when people talk with you one on one they can listen and hear and understand that it's important to you and the other thing to, 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 ju- to kind of throw in the middle of this is you teach people how to treat you. Let that sink in. <laughs> you teach people how to treat you. So if you introduce new ideas and you let them fall by the wayside and there's no beer commercial, there's no repeating the message, there's no following up to see if people are, are following through with this new system and process, then it's all going to come apart, and what and 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 people are not going to follow it. And what happens in that if you do it two or three times? You've taught people that when you introduce new things, they don't have to pay attention. You've lost respect, right? And so, it, it's critical that you don't introduce new ideas unless you have the time and the ability to to manage this uh, uh, slowly as you as you go through it. So then, step two is slow acceptance. Step two means people are, they're starting to do it. They're starting to do the thing. Some of them, like I said, some of them got it right off the bat. They took good notes. They're running with it. They're, you know, they're probably your future leaders. Uh, Definitely people that are going to work at a higher capacity in the future. Um, Then other people are going to slowly say, okay, so you guys actually mean this is what, so they start getting involved. And then there's some people that just forget. And so there needs to be some accountability while the slow acceptance pro- uh, uh, phase is going on. And I, when I say accountability, I don't mean harsh harshness. I just mean reminders. Whatever it is that you've that you've implemented, is people forget, and they will. If you if you if you realize that within two weeks, within about two weeks time, the average person can retain about fifteen percent of the information that they that they've that they've gained. So 2 weeks later, if you're not in front of people, if you're not reminding them, they are going to remember roughly 15% of your introduction. Okay? Maybe because a third of the people don't care, a third of the people are thinking, "Eh, let's see if they, you know, depending on how they were how they were trained up to that point, right?" So the slow acceptance part, it's it's critical that you're very involved in this. It might be something where you can run reports to see if people are complying. You can pick the phone up and make a phone call and say, hey, I noticed we were supposed to start this, you know, on the first and, you know, it's the third and you have, you know, oh, geez, I forgot all about, you know, just simple as that. And that sometimes is enough to get, to get things going. If you are going to give leadway, it's maybe a, it's a good idea to introduce it in person. It's a good idea to have some sort of a reminders, whether it's text or email to follow up to let people know, Hey, don't forget starting in a, in two weeks, starting in one week, starting tomorrow, then you're, then you're getting your seventh time. And you know, you've gotten there when, when you start to hear people say, Hey, we got it. Uh, we got it. You know? Um, and they seem like, wow, how many more times are we going to do this? You don't want to overkill it, obviously, but enough Information, and I'm talking about a pretty good sized group of people as as well. Or rather, let me rephrase that: the larger the group of people, the more you're going to want to have these these um, stops along the way to, to to remind people. The more you're going to need to have the accountability. Okay. So then, the next step step three is acceptance. People have accepted this is the new thing, and at this point, all you have to do is stay with it a little bit longer and watch for the times that the in between that people might forget or they may still be doing it slightly off or you know maybe they're doing it three out of four times or something like that so you're just shoring it up you've got some some good momentum but it's not quite taken off yet and then and, and stay close to it reminding people uh in that in this part i like to during if you have staff meetings i like to champion the people who are doing it really well in a meeting you know hey just, you know, shout out to so-and-so, we started this, uh, we've, you know, you've just done, done such a great job with it. And then what you're doing there is you're showing people what winning looks like. You're making the target of winning very clear. That's what this whole process really is, is helping make what winning and losing looks like very clear. People, people feel very comfortable, very confident in this type of an environment. And they feel really good, typically feel really good about, uh, about their jobs, you know? Step four is automation. You're on the conveyor belt. Once you, once you get to this spot, people are just doing it. At this point, you still want to audit it from time to time because over the, the course of months and years, if you, if you do nothing to repeat it, if you do nothing to QA it, then little by little, it'll start to fall by the wayside. But automation takes off here. This is incredibly freeing. When you get this and when you understand this as a, as a leader, you really do realize you can, you can observe and you can monitor so many more things than you can do. As the, as the organization grows, you can put people in charge of these things and have layers where all you're doing is checking in with the people to see how, how things are going. And they're the ones that are holding the conveyor belts, uh, you know, keeping, them, keeping them going. But again, if you, don't, if you don't stay close to it, you run the risk of teaching people not to listen to you because you teach people how to treat you. So it's really critical that the, the introduction of the new ideas is followed by action and reminders and if needed consequences, right? The beauty of this is, is if you do this three or four times well, then you now have the reputation that what you say you mean and the systems and processes that you introduce down the road, people are going to expect that they are going to be followed through the same exact way. So so point being, each time it gets easier, each time it's significantly easier to implement new new things, right? But here's the thing. Some need, leaders naturally lead and plan and figure out how to overcome the gaps. Talked about that a few minutes ago. But other leaders can lead very well, but only if the role is well-defined, right? So the company I was talking about made an adjustment and saved millions of dollars once they understood this gap. I, literally millions of dollars not to mention a happier workplace because the managers didn't necessarily know what winning looked like. And they were out working hard, trying to do the best that they could do, but they didn't understand that. And, it, and to, to understand this is, is relatively easy. Uh, if you want to get to know the people on your teams better, I couldn't recommend enough the DISC personality assessment. It's simple. It's easy to understand. There's four personalities it's one of the most eye-opening and helpful tools that I've come across to help manage and understand people. I mean, the DISC personality assessment is is incredibly power- powerful. Uh, the benefits of it, I mean, you get you can put you can place people where they fit naturally, and it leads to less turnover and frustration. So, it's a it, it leads to a happier environment. Pragmatically speaking, it leads to uh, a ton of savings, a ton of time savings, so money and time the people that you keep are people you don't have to interview to re, uh, for to replace. You don't have to retrain. You know, you get somebody in a spot where they're a natural fit and things are just smoother. The the It's a sort of a natural conveyor belt of their own, right? And the ability to place people in teams that are a fit for who they are rather than placing them on a, on a team where, the, where they clash with other people. Most everybody's heard the principle that we promote people one step beyond their ability, which is true. You have a good, good employee, or very true if you're not cautious. If you have a really good employee, they do a great job at every step of the way, and you don't. And you're not looking, and you're not looking at who they are, how they operate. You're not doing disc assessments to see what they're actually capable of and what they like and what they want to do. Then ultimately, you're you you will end up promoting somebody into a spot that they that is not natural for them and they'll be miserable, and they may move on. They may not even understand why they're miserable, but they may move on. You might le- uh, lose a great employee that was amazing for years leading up to that, and you promote them one step beyond their ability or one step outside of their their personality, and they're gone, or or they sour, or they clash with others. It's preventable. This is preventable. Uh, another advantage is it, it just an overall understanding uh, of each other that leads to a more cohesive environment. When you understand where each other's coming from, then it's easier to forgive. And what, what, the, the easiest way that I can describe this is the absence of understanding other people is the presence of using ourselves as a base to judge others. Okay, and what that means is, is if you come across people that are just like you, then you'll it'll fit. It'll be a fit. You run the risk of hiring people who are just like you. And the problem with that is, is they have the same problems that you do. They have the same weaknesses. If you want to hire for your weaknesses, DISC is a great way to uh, to understand this very simple way to understand this. Uh, you can take a disc test, you can uh, have employees take a disk test before you promote them or move them to different areas. You can get a great understanding of what's needed in that area and you can bring them bring them into those areas. See there's an interesting thing that we do, human beings do when we see others who are really good at something that we're bad at. we often project that they're also good at the things that we're not good at. And it's just not the case. And DISC is one of those things that can help us understand that. DISC is one of those things that can help us realize that here's my here's my strengths and here's my weaknesses. I need to hire people for these weaknesses. And you can hire and promote or whatever the case is, or, or you can look at a team of people and you can go, okay, they're heavy with this personality type. So you're getting this positive result, but you also have the, these growth areas. So we need to Bring some people with a, a different, um, a disc, disc uh, personality type into that role to get a better balance. Right? It's it's terrific, and so to help out for a limited time, I'm offering half off of disc assessments and debriefs, uh, and special rates for groups, of, large groups of people. Um, and you can contact me through my website, which is algercoaching.com. That's a l g e r algercoaching.com. Or you can call at 530-789-0326. That's 530-789-0326. So to recap, four stages in starting a new process. Introduction. Be thorough in your introduction. Step two, slow acceptance. Some of the people are coming along. Step three, acceptance. And step four is automation, the, the conveyor belt. If you skip these steps, the problems become bigger again, because you're teaching people to not listen to the things that you're, that you, uh, uh, that you're bringing, bringing out to them. But if you follow those closely, you'll have great success. You'll teach your teams that you are, that what you're introducing, you're serious and you're going to follow through on. And, uh, and you do, and, and life becomes much smoother. The more conveyor belts you have, the better off, uh, the better off life is. So, hey, I want to say thanks for listening to Augur Podcast. You can get more info and future podcasts at AugerCoaching.com. That's A-L-G-E-R, com.